When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up and welcome back to the kind of funny Mandalorian breakdown. Of course, I am Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the saddest guy I know, Barrett Courtney. Tim, what the fuck did we watch last night? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, we have a lot to talk about mm-hmm. in terms of this week. Uh, naturally, we missed uh, Mandalorian uh, last week because we we're all kind of spread around the the country doing our own things uh timing wise it just didn't work out last week uh something else that didn't work out coverage wise mm-hmm. time was not on our side with was covering the bad batch season 2 which I felt like for a while, I didn't really have much to say about it. It felt like it had a lot of uh, early kind of uh, Clone Wars vibes of just like random adventure of the week type of thing. Well, I'm stuck so far in that show. Yeah. Let me tell you, when we took a break last week, I was traveling to L.A. playing uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor for preview. Uh, you can check that out over on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Uh, I caught up on the last five episodes of Bad Batch Season 2. And let me tell you fucking fantastic last third of Bad Batch season two. And that was not something I was really expecting, but shout out to following up on threads and storylines from season two of the Clone Wars from like a decade ago, uh, all the way to introducing a new and really creepy antagonist specific for the show uh, and leaning more into the decommissioning of clones, a, a more like secret uh, plan behind all of that when it comes to the Empire. Really cool stuff. And yeah, the way it ended, it, it left me feeling empty in a good way, very much like the ending of Rebel season two, where mm. you just like, you feel this sense of just dread and defeat and like, where does the crew go next? Uh, so I just wanted to shout out uh, uh, that really quick because we haven't really been able to talk about Bad Batch season two. So uh, if you're, like both Tim and I, where it's like, where where are we going with uh, season two of Bad Batch? Stick with it because it does pay off in a lot of great ways. I think it would have been a great eight episode season. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Feels that way. I'm I'm like uh, halfway through. I want to say planning to finish it, but yeah, it's so far not not at the top of my priority list. What about you, Pixel Circus's own Sage Ryan? Hello, it's very good to see you all. I've missed you, uh, especially because Barrett just mentioned that he came to Los Angeles, and uh, oh man, uh. You come visit? What's up? I mean, like, I, Los Angeles is really big. <laughs> and, like, it, 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 I was there for, you know, like a day and a half, really. And then I had, I had to play, I had to play, I had to play Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And then Not I immediately. I had to play a game for preview, which is really cool, and then immediately went back to the hotel to write like three pages of notes, and then I fell asleep, and then I was here out of the are. city. Yeah, now now I'm here. So I, I next time I'm in LA, I I do want to come see uh, you and the crew, and of course Dagger and Carboni. 
So I have Dagger today because Anthony is, of course, hosting Star Wars Celebration in London. Ooh, Everyone go support that. Curl up on my lap. So it's very hard to show you that he has the worst haircut <laughs> I've maybe ever seen on a dog. No, I he looks so cute. Anthony while he's, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you all these photos. The worst haircut I've ever seen. Kev, if you could bring them up later. Yeah, I'm gonna send it to you. Uh, he looked so embarrassed when I saw him this morning. So Aww. I'll have Dagger for a while. But also, yeah, hey, I'm embarrassed. What the fuck did we just watch? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get into I'm all of that. I'm so excited to talk about it. Because, <laughs> of course, this is kind of funny. It's Mandalorian Breakdown. Uh, we are reviewing every episode of the show week to week. Um, we have two episodes left. Only two episodes left. This is the one they decided to have as episode six of eight. Uh, two episodes more. We will be here uh, giving our thoughts each and every week for the following two weeks. Of course, you can get them on YouTube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com as a video. But if you want to get it as a podcast, search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny screencast. <clears throat> and we'll be right there for you a um, whole bunch of cool stuff happening on the screencast side of things. We have uh, trailer breakdowns for Barbie for Blue Beetle, for Secret Invasion, for Across the Spider-Verse, um, Power Rangers once and always. Ton of stuff out there. Uh, in addition to that, we did a review of episode one of Succession that you could check out. Um, we are not going to be doing that week to week, but if enough people show some love to that, we we will try to make uh, room for the finale, which I'm really excited about. It got uh, me to watch the first episode of the show. Yeah. Also while I was in L.A. Yeah. It was yeah. a fun time. Yeah. I haven't gone back to it since, but, like, that was a very oh, good, like... Oh, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I had time to watch, you know, Succession. Um, yeah, very very interesting show. Very, did not expect it to be almost the same exact uh, premise of Arrested Development, but just a little bit more serious. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, you can get the show ad-free by going to patreon.com slash kindoffunny. Uh, because of their support over there, they won't have to hear our ads from Rocket Money and Shady Rays like the rest of you fine people out there. Um, but... They also get to be the few, the elite, the proud, the Patreon producers, Tripod++, James Hastings, Casey Andrew, Nathan Lamothe, and Al Tribesman. We appreciate all of you so very, very much. I want to get right into this. Now, we didn't talk about last week's episode. Yeah. So just for briefly, oh my God. <laughs> Look at that okay, guy. I see the unevenness, but he's still adorable. Is he his head? <laughs> did, did Carboni do it himself? Yeah, oh. he was trying to get him groomed before he left for London, and the groomer canceled on him. Yeah, um, so now he looks like this. <laughs> Why did he, does he think he has the capacity to do this? I, I mean, sometimes I, you know we we do a little snip snip on uh, on Lulu to see even her out a little bit. This was a big snip snip. He's a fluffy boy. This yeah, is not a little snip snip. Look yeah. at the shape of his head. <laughs> yeah, he looks like Paddington Bear. <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, I, I just went on a trip, and uh, we had to leave the dogs. So we wanted to get them uh, groomed before, but our groomer got sick. So right now, it's the longest they've ever went without a haircut, and both of them are just fluff balls. Like, Moose's tummy fluff is touching the floor. Hell yeah. It's like, <laughs> it is a problem, everybody. That's a free vacuum cleaner right yeah, there. 100%. <laughs> uh, that sleeps with me at the end of the night. It's disgusting. Um, so anyways, last week's episode was wild. Yes. Sage, I want to start with you. What do you think about it? Okay, so the last time I was here, we were talking about just not really being quite sure what the direction of this show was, right? Like what they're going for at this point, what the new, uh, uh, what the new normal is for mm. the Mandalorian. Um, and I I'm just gonna say it: for some reason, that direction was like a, like a, like a monster of the week crime procedural. It's giving like 
X Files a little bit. Oh yeah, it's giving like Angel. A little SVU. A little SVU. I was also gonna say SVU, and then I was like, is it insensitive of me to say SVU specifically? Um, <laughs> so thank you for leading with that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, I'll always be the it's, asshole. It's so. I don't want to say, because here's the thing. I enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it like I enjoy Star Wars. I was watching it going, wow, this is ridiculous. This isn't good at all. I love it. Wait, sorry, are you talking about last week's episode or this I'm one? About, oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about this one. Okay, okay yeah. What did what, you think about last week's? Last week was much more of a Mandalorian episode. Uh, we, we accomplished some plot, which is what made this the jump to this week so jarring, I think. Din jarring. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I think I understand, I, I simply do not. Yeah. I think that's the best way I can describe it, the jump yeah. from last week to this week. What, Bear, what did you think of last week's? Uh, last week's was, was a fun episode. It felt more Mandalorian. Uh, it definitely felt more like the remnants of, what, what was the uh, Gina Carano show that? Uh, Rise of the, no, 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 no. New Ranger, Rangers of the Ran Resistance. Rangers of the New Republic. Yes, there you go. It, it felt more, uh, we, we've been talking about, there have been some aftermath of the falling out of whatever that show uh, ended up like uh, getting canned or whatever. We don't really fully know. Um, and it felt like there were remnants of that show in more of last week's episode, uh, which was cool. You know, we got introduced to a live action Zeb, my boy from Star Wars Rebels, um, which was really surprising, and it was a very, it was a very quick thing. And for fans like myself, that was a really like, it was a great reminder of just the, the little things that we might be building too, of uh, getting reintroduced to certain cast members that were in only animated uh, things beforehand. Um, but yeah, it, it was interesting to see that to see the bureaucracy again of the New Republic, and uh, maybe I'll save this kind of uh, conversation of uh, my thoughts on the, what's going on in the background of the the New Republic uh, when we talk more about Episode Six, last night's episode. Uh, but I had a fun time. You know, it came with the you know we got the follow up to the fighting the pirates, the big moss monster uh pirate captain i thought you know he had some fun dog fights it was cool to see the the mandalorians kind of saving the this city that they you know were persecuted from and uh, kind of chased off of this planet back in season one of mandalorian and i i, I loved the john favreau uh mando doing the speech where they're like yeah why should we do this and it's because this is the fucking way, you know? And, you know, uh, we are Mandalorian, and uh, such is our code. And uh, there are little moments uh, like that that I, I just I really treasured uh, from last week's episode. So, yeah, I, I had a really fun time. Um, and, you know, like Carboni a few weeks ago, uh, that was another show that I watched uh, in my hotel room in L.A. on my phone. So. Yeah. Um, but I rewatched it uh, last night just to kind of get reminded of uh, what, was, what was fun about uh, last week. But, yeah. I had a blast with last week's episode. Uh, to Sage's point, it felt like Mandalorian, and it felt like a lot of things I do love about Star Wars. I'm a big fan of the dogfights. I like the space battles, and I think that giving Din the N1 uh, was a very awesome nostalgia choice for me where I was like, oh, I love this. This is so cool. But now actually being a couple episodes into him having it and seeing the maneuverability it has and how different it functions compared to an X-Wing or uh, TIE Fighters or things that we, we normally see, I really like the creativity of the flight choreography, and I love that they just kind of go for it. Like, this show continues to feel like 
uh, Star Wars cartoon come to life. And I think that uh, oh, we'll is talk all more good, about that with hundred percent this week's episode. All the good and all the bad of what that means. Um, but I think that the last episode, week's episode had a lot of the good for me at least, where mm-hmm. I I liked seeing the the big pirate fight. I liked the the scale and scope of everything that they presented to us and. I never would have thought we'd see something like that in live action. And, like, does it look movie quality? Does it look awesome? No, but, like, it looks good enough. And mm-hmm. I'm having a great time with it. And I feel like they, they're they having fun just playing with this world. And some of the stuff feels a little weird. Like, I, I want to love Carl Weathers. I really do. I want to love his story and everything going on. But I feel like it's always two steps forward, one step back. Where it's like um, last week's episode of him... I like where they're doing it narratively where mm. he's kind of like politically dealing with all this and like he is the leader, but it's also like, all right, bro, you probably shouldn't be leader. Mm. But then when you see like the whole city be evacuated and there's like 15 people, that's the type of stuff where it's like, oh man, I got almost rather just not seen the people and just heard about it. Right. What we see is just, it breaks the illusion of this being a actual lived in space. Yeah. Um, And those little things I, I think are, are still not, like being nailed by the show but, but then they're made up for like the moment with the armorer coming in and taking out the dude with the it's gatling gun it's yeah. so awesome so it's it's that thing two steps forward one step back overall had a blast had a really good time with last week's episode uh but that now segues to this one and i, I want to start off with it all right let, let me just start here please please i similarly had a blast with this episode but it just it's it's very bizarre i never expected to see the cameos we we did in this and that's where i really started thinking about the the law and order svu um where it's just case of the week cameo of the week oh escalation of cameos there's that guy he's definitely the bad guy there's no way that that cameo is not going to be the bad guy just because of his celebrity and that's kind of where we're at with star wars which is a place i never thought we would be and like it was fun seeing lizzo hanging out with grogu it was fun seeing jack black hang out with lizzo and grogu it was fun but what the fuck is Din Djarin's character right now? What's going on? This entire show to me, really, it feels like there's uh, not growth happening. It kind of feels like there's end goals that they keep driving towards and then being like, oh, no, 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 let's do this instead. Who's holding the Darksaber? You want it for a little bit? We need to get it to them Oh, eventually. that's a full conversation. But no, no, okay, here it goes. Here the it goes. Grogu, we, we need Grogu to get out of Din's hands. And oh, no, now Grogu needs to go back to it. It's like this weird thing where it's so case of the week that they're clearly building a story. This season has a story. We're going to look back on this in years and be like, it was about getting all the Mandalorians together. And that's cool. It's very cool. But I, is was there enough plot there to fill an eight-episode season? Where it definitely, Yeah, it definitely <laughs> feels like, all right, we got to do, like, a, yeah, adventure of the week. And it's funny that you say this of, like, you never expected Star Wars to be this. This is what the Clone Wars was. This is what the Clone Wars show was in the first few seasons of, like, yes, there was stories there and interesting threads and you know, uh, what's going on with uh, the clones and them finding their own identities as people, what's going on with, uh, you know, Palpatine kind of controlling both sides and getting deeper into that, the relationship between Annie and Obi, all of that stuff. But then, yeah, a lot of it was like, all right, we go to this planet, we need something from this planet. Oh, but they this planet won't give us what we need to further our, you know, uh, hopefully uh, place in this war until we help them out with something. And then we get what we need at the end of the episode. And that's just what this entire last episode of Mandalorian was, is like, 
you know, uh, Bo and Mando get to, uh, uh, what was it, Pl- uh, Plazier fi- 15. They kept saying it in different, uh, like, pronunciation. Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Han. Han. Yeah. Yeah, Plazio, I heard at one point. It was fucking weird. Um, and so we need to... Uh, find essentially uh Bo's old crew to try to convince them to come back and be with the more like religious cult uh to unite all of the Mandalorians. That's a cool plot. That's a cool like uh mission for Bo to be on and Din helping her out with that. I'm really into that story. But first, let's go on this weird wacky adventure which has some interesting ideas and I want to loop uh back to that with uh with last week's episode of talking about the the new republic as a whole. But it, yeah, it was just so like this episode was like, hey, we already signed a contract with Jack Black, Lizzo, and Christopher, Christopher Lloyd. Lloyd, and we have nowhere to fucking put them. Like, we just got to fucking write an episode for the three of them just to, like, have an episode with all three of them. It, it felt like the calm before the storm, but, like, what is the storm? Sage, what did you think of this episode? I, w- when they entered the palace, it already aesthetically didn't look like a Mandalorian episode. You could tell that we were doing a bottle episode, and, like, hey... That's fine. Love to go in a bottle episode. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but the reveal of Lizzo, of Jack Black, of Uncle Fester, Christopher Lloyd himself, um, felt like, okay, it's got to only be like a second, right? Like, they're only going to do this for a second. And I didn't expect them to be such big characters. They were the characters of the episode. And just in the way that last week reminded us that we were watching The Mandalorian, this one said, forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> And it, it, it's it really so a, wild. It's it was really it's such a left turn at the beginning of this episode, right? Where, mm-hmm. man, they they re, I thought for a second the way like the the opening was so quiet. You're getting introduced to this uh, ship that's trying to find like a, a a way to sneak in through a trade route, uh, and then it gets approached by this uh, imperial ship, and the the voice that they hail is very calm. And deep and British, and I was like, "No fucking it's the shot!" Blue boy, it's, and it's, it's especially when uh, uh, the captain of the ship was like, "You know, like I didn't, uh, I wasn't aware of warlords," and they respond with like, "I'm no criminal." And I was like, "Holy shit, we're we getting go. Thrawn! This it's is like, time. this is the it's big not. Thrawn moment, and it's not. It's Sasha Banks. <laughs> it's Sasha Banks, and and, and like, and I was like." Okay, that was, uh, you know, expectations kind of uh, went a different way. But all right, this episode is going to be about Bo's old crew and, like, getting them back. And, you know, maybe we'll get to see a bunch of them. And then, like, we don't see them again until the very end of the episode. I was like, why was this the cold open? It was very, very bizarre. I mean, we have to get the Mandos back together because we split them up just a couple episodes ago. That's how this show works. In the meantime, we have to stop off and let Baby Yoda do a front flip. How many times is this boy going to flip? And I, we're going back to saying Baby Yoda in this scenario. That's not Grogu. Ooh. Baby Yoda did a front flip into Lizzo's arm. And she's well, just Jack feeding thought, him. Oh, I love you to her. Like, I want to talk about, I, I'm happy to just, I want to have a moment about Please, the relationship go. between Lizzo and Jack Black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just can't help but wonder, I just can't help but picture these two people on set being like, wouldn't it be hilarious if we were just terrible? Like, if we were just disgusting. Yeah. Like, if we were just gross to each other in, like, a sweet way. Like, they played it very well. Look, is Lizzo an actor? No. No. Oh, no. 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 She's Lizzo, no. though. No. And she was space British, which is my favorite accent. <laughs> very occasionally British. <laughs> just like, you know, Leia was space British. Yeah. So, like, 
never argue against someone coming in and out of an accent in Star Wars because canonically that is space British. Yes. If if literally Princess Leia can come in and out of British, anyone can do it. So I cannot Lizzo. fault Lizzo for that. Yeah. But fully, if she started out, I was like, oh, she's doing an accent. And then I was like, oh, she is not doing an accent anymore. How yeah. interesting. It also and it just like, being like I love you, baby. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, sweet princess. And you know what? Like, good for them. They had fun. But again, it, it was just such a weird like having this in the middle of the Mandalorian. So we go from this whole the okay we we now are Mandos like that group of Mandos that we were introduced to in season two, Bo-Katan's homies. They have mm-hmm. an Imperial ship. We understand that now. Cool, great. Now we're gonna take a detour to a different ship that they're talking to. Um, uh-huh. with uh, some alien race, some woman, and then there is a Mon Calamari, and they're in love. The theme of this episode, everybody, is space in love. love. And yeah. uh, they're about to have a little space kiss. And like, I love this- her little like tentacles, like feeling his face. I was like, yeah, that's a great detail. The uh, Mon Calamari, Tom Holland's brother. Oh, I like it was one of those like this sounds like someone I yeah. know, but like wow. kind of very vague on who that was. That's fucking awesome, and I, I I love that we got introduced to I think a new Mon Calamari prince. If you like read the comics, uh, you know the the Calamari are highly present in a lot of the Star Wars com- uh, comics. So it was cool to kind of get some acknowledgement of like yeah, there's like a whole like kingdom there and 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 and, and all that stuff. So that was uh, that was. Cool little tidbit. There. The, the the lines of dialogue of "You have to go." No, I love him. We knew fate wasn't on our side. I love you, and I'll always have you. And then they do what? a weird alien kiss. What Why show is this? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? Like Sage, what 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 would you what? feel about that? <laughs> um, it just felt like okay. Are they just going to absolutely crush this? Like it's going to get incredibly dark, and they're just doing this for a second, and they're gonna like blow the ship up. Like that was the only thing that I saw possible for the reason it was being so like weird. We're doing a Romeo and Juliet thing. Um, there and, and there was no justification for it whatsoever. They were just like, no, no, we did it. Like no, we were just doing that. Like you thought, oh, you thought we were gonna like that was like a bit or something. No, we were like legitimately doing that. Like that was the point. And it's like was- I do also love the beginning where she's in the like the tank. <laughs> then someone comes with like what looks like a martini <laughs> and just pours it in the tank. <laughs> like that was sick. That was fucking cool as hell. <laughs> so funny. But yeah, we go from this bizarre love open. scenario yeah. to then meeting Jack Black and Lizzo. Like, and then Christopher <laughs> Lloyd, who immediately you see him and you're like, oh, you're the bad guy of this yeah. episode. Yeah. And Lloyd. <laughs> yo, shout out to him. Shout out to him because there's something about him that we all know. He he's just. Uh. On you screen, can't not love you him. fucking love him yeah. right but love him. him being a separatist and this many years later still fucking rocking for that shit shouting out count dooku almost shouting out anakin skywalker i loved it i, <laughs> loved I, 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 I love it and this is like kind of where i want to loop back to a little bit of uh, episode five but yeah first i want to talk about like the, I, I love that the separatist movement where he's like, yeah, I survived the old republic. I survived the empire because that's something that, you know, obviously is showcased in episode three of like, yeah, the separatists didn't come out on top. They were like they were a movement that felt kind of justified in the failings of this uh, kind of uh, the republic that was slowly just kind of crumbling and they're like hey we need to fix a lot of what's going on in the the galaxy as a whole and then the emperor and and palpatine came in and co-opted that movement uh you know shout out to tales of the jedi for showcasing of like count dooku left the order not because he wanted to be this big sith but because he felt like throughout a couple of those episodes of like 
No, there's something really wrong with the Galactic Republic, the Jedi's place in the Galactic Republic, and felt genuinely like, I need to leave and fight for something greater than that. And then it's just unfortunate that, you know, Palpatine saw that exploitation and decided to co-opt this movement to, you know, uh, get himself more power. Uh, yeah, like, it's not like the Separatists took over and made it the Empire. It's just the Separatists were essentially, like, wiped out, and then the Galactic Republic turned into the Galactic Empire. Uh, and so I, I loved that he specifically calls out Dooku because it did feel like Dooku was, you know, he believed in the cause I think a little bit still throughout the uh, Clone Wars and uh, the the movies, but obviously at that point he's also so fucking lost in the dark side where it's like a, it's a weird mix of the two that's going on within him. Um, and then to bring it back to Episode Five, I really loved seeing the whole going to Coruscant and being like, "Hey, we need resources to help this uh, like sovereign planet who's not technically a part of the New Republic," and quickly seeing. Just how we we talked about in the Coruscant episode, I think episode three mm -hmm. of you know they're they're falling back into some like empire uh, things here. It's not really they're falling back into a lot of complacency of the Galactic Republic, which was a a, a failing republic going into a slowly like fascist movement, and a, a big thing of that was kind of ignoring the outer rim. You go to Tatooine in episode one, and there's just straight-up slavery happening in the Galactic Republic that pa uh, Padme calls out that, like, this isn't legal. And it's like, it that doesn't exist out there's here. Even though we're here, technically yeah. under the Republic, you guys aren't fucking around, right? And I love that we're seeing a little, uh, a little bit of that, again, in the background, uh, kind of covered by whatever the fuck Jon Favreau wants to talk about every week. In and, and that's the thing, man, is like there's actually really good stuff here. And I yes. think backing it up with Andor, and I, <clears throat> I think that this is this is what Mando is. And I think that at the, we're now three seasons in. I don't expect it to change. Yep. But that's okay because now that we're getting things like Andor that I think are building a backbone in a different direction, yep. we do get all this weird zaniness and stuff, but then there's still these hints and stuff. that And backbone to filling out what this era of the galaxy is where it's like when you go to the sequel trilogy – the kind of political landscape is nothing, you know? There, there's no explanation for anything. The New Republic gets fucking yeeted in, like, halfway through the first Possibly movie. Uh, and it, it, it's so, it feels so ethereal of the the evil and the, the good fighting each other. Where it felt like in the pre, which is like a complete 180 from the prequels that was really trying to reflect what the political landscape of the United States was at the time in the early to mid-2000s. And I love that we're getting little hints of it. I don't know if they're going to drive it home in any successful way of, okay, we beat the bad guys. Now let's just keep doing what we used to do. And I think that makes a very easy, open way of the subtle things of people who are, you know, on the opposite side who, you know, love fascism can see that and be like, oh, they're just going to do it, uh, do what they used to do. Oh, that's easy to take over. We did it once. We'll just do it again. Um, and I, I love that they're slowly possibly building to something like that to make it make a little bit more sense of where the galaxy is by the time we get to the sequels. So, so all um, that happens. Yeah, all that happens. All that happens. And then um, in Space Epcot, uh, we had Jack Black ask Lizzo if she wants to take a little sip sip. Uh, Sage, when we get back, I want to hear all, all the rest of your thoughts. But real quick, mm -hmm. let's take a word from our sponsors. 
Shout out to Evil Dead Rise for sponsoring this episode. You can get your tickets now to see Evil Dead Rise in theaters April 21st. People are saying this movie is absolutely terrifying, and I personally can't wait to see it in a theater because there's, there's, you know, few things in life are as special as watching a real scary horror movie surrounded by people freaking out with you, uh, moving the action out of the woods and into the city. Evil Dead Rise tells a twisted tale of two estranged sisters played by Sullivan and Sutherland, whose reunion is cut short by the rise of flesh possessing demons, if I had a nickel, thrusting them into a primal battle for survival as they face the most nightmarish version of family imaginable. Uh, New Line Cinema and Renaissance Pictures present a return to the iconic horror franchise, and we are hitting entirely new levels of fear here with this one. I don't know if you've seen the trailers for this, but wow, you definitely should. You look like you need a little bit of fear in your life. And then you can go to EvilDeadRiseMovie.com to get your tickets now to see Evil Dead Rise in theaters April 21st. Shout out to Shady Rays for sponsoring this episode. Do you want to look as cool as I look? Yes, you do. And you can. You can take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an un beatable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that I've ever worn in my life. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after you purchase. Exclusively for you listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. You can go to ShadyRays.com and use the code KINDAFUNNY. You can get 50% off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses. You can try for yourself the shades that are rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Promo code KINDAFUNNY at ShadyRays.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. <laughs> Sage, <laughs> go for it. Okay, now this game, this 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 whole thing is all fun and games, right? We're having a good time. We're meeting Space Jack Black, Space Lizzo. They're smooching, I don't know. Um, and then they decide that they're going to establish some real boomer politics out of Din Djarin. Uh, we, of course, have to investigate what's going on. Why are the droids malfunctioning? We go to, like, the underbelly of the planet to uh, meet with the people who manufacture the droids. And one of the first notes on the political questionability of this episode that I have here is hardest working species in the galaxy. 
That's a, that was a weird thing to say. It was really weird. That was yeah. a real weird thing to say. And the way, I mean, like, look, there's ways to read into it and ways to let it go, but it is just deeply confusing to me why it was said and why it was necessary. Mm -hmm. Saying something like, hey, insulting their work is, like, like saying the droids are malfunctioning is their fault is incredibly insulting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get where you're going with that. I absolutely understand that. That makes sense. Um, saying they're the hard, like, saying to them, to them, you know, you're known to be the hardest working species in the galaxy, kind of sets up, he was acting real Southern. I agree with Shane Roberts in the chat. <laughs> Let me head into the direction of, um, are these droids people and are we giving them personhood and what is the relationship between them? And you know, that's a very interesting conversation to have, right? And a lot of sci-fi tackles that conversation of at what point are we giving enough autonomy to these people? Are we giving enough artificial intelligence or intelligence to droids that they also require a level of autonomy? Mm. Now that's a conversation to be had, but Star Wars said, Nah, I don't think so, actually. I don't even think they want it. I think they like it. <laughs> I think they honestly like being in servitude. I think that if they had a choice, that's what they would choose. Um, the droid bar was wild. I it was pretty it was cool. See, like, no, no, when you walk in, it looks cool, but that's where I thought we were going to be like, oh, we're seeing like... We're the uprising that we yeah, was hinted at in Solo. Uh-huh, so you're going to see the uprising, and then in addition to just like them living rich and individual lives without like people around. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, you don't even think about robots existing a lot of the time when people aren't around and seeing them just interacting with each other and just interacting in a space. And but before them. they even walk in, like in the alley, like it, it, there's like one one droid, like kind of like hidden on another, like with his hand on the wall. It's like, OK, all right. There's <laughs> well, a little... rich lives of droids, you might think. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely not. Instead, they get in. They're like, oh, no, we only want to help. People are good. We love people. And they also drop the line of. um we're afraid of being replaced. They're going to take our jobs. Fully, Gabe, somewhere between the horrifying, like, QAnon replacement theory and they took our jobs. Yeah. And yeah I was it was. Like, oh, why are we doing this? Yeah. It, honestly, a lot of it <clears throat> felt like uh, a lot of things in Mando normally do, which is we want to have these moments or these things happen so it's like they wanted to have all the droids together they wanted to have a reason to bring back the battle droids and and all of that they wanted to have the ugnats again so that uh they could have the line of what what what, what was what did they i say? have spoken i have spoken they wanted to be able to bring that back and all that so the way they did that was coming up with these plot points that just again would have felt bizarre in any episode of this show yeah felt extra weird Next to uh, yeah, <laughs> Lizzo, and, and, and it's like short lives. It's the least we could do. And it, it, it like it, they have an interesting setup, especially when Christopher uh, Christopher Lloyd is like, you know, they've built their society too much on essentially slave labor uh, mm -hmm. with all this, and it would it would crumple. And it's like okay, like maybe they're going somewhere cool and philosophical of like maybe society shouldn't be built up like that. And then to five minutes later, be the droids are like, we want to help. We love doing this. Uh, we we actually have no autonomy. Um, this is what we were uh, created for. It's the least we can do. It, it 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 was it fell on such a flat weird note, and especially when you have moments uh, like when they go to the uh, the area where they know the next malfunction is going to happen. Um, and Din is kicking all of the the battle droids, and the one wakes up, and they start running uh, after it. And the um, kind of the battle droid who was like looking over all of the production is like, you should have left him alone. There was a moment like that where it's like, 
he fucking cared. He has feelings about uh, yeah. about things, and it, it, it was just such a weird kind of whatever. And then on the top note of like bringing it back to Christopher Lloyd being a separatist, and uh, Bo-Katan knocks him out and goes, politics. And it... I don't, it, it, the Clone Wars, the Clone Wars had a lot of things to say about the political climate of the mid two thousands. Some very unsuccessful, very some very successful. Uh, natural, very natural when you have a bunch of different writers coming uh, in throughout uh, the series as a whole. Um, and I, I just I, I find it interesting that I was looking into the production of this season of like John Favreau was the one who wrote all eight episodes. Uh, someone consulted on episode three, and then um, Filoni consulted on episode four, and is consu- uh, consulted on episode seven next week's episode. And so this fe- this is really just all Favreau, um, and I I, I kind of feel it at this point where it's just like we're getting kind of no interesting political statements, very boomer politics, like Sage you were saying, and monster like of the week might shit. Well, have been like. Woke bullshit. Like, yeah, it's funny too because I, I feel like I, it's almost they're not saying anything that's like politically relevant to us. It's more like no, no. they're they're referencing Star Wars fans. It is referencing like the politics of the prequels being mm. stupid, you know. Mm. And it's like we, I feel like we're just past Star Wars hating itself, or at least we should be. We should be, you know. Um, and like I feel like it, we're just in this like constant cycle of trying to like course correct and like apologize for the things that whoever's making this Star Wars project didn't like about the last Star Wars project. So, like, my read on the politics, like, that line was more, like, a prequel, like, yeah, ding, ding as opposed to, like, actually, like, a political statement. But the problem is, when you're backing that with this whole droid thing, it then becomes political in, a, in an awkward way. Yeah. It uh, has to be. Like, it, it has to be. And Star Wars is always, and this is one of the things that I know that anytime we talk about things like this or anybody talks about things like this, people will be like, keep your real world politics out of it. It's literally called Star Wars. Star Wars is inherently and always has been political. Um, it has always been a mirror of, like, real world politics and Star Wars themselves, uh, like, separately. Like, George has said it and Disney Star Wars has said Star Wars is political. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you're like, okay, yeah, absolutely. We're exploring these questions. And it just felt like this particular show kind of thinks that's a joke, that Star Wars is political. And it, 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 I, f- I find it interesting, again, looking at the production, this season really feeling like Favreau, and it, especially coming off the, the interview that he did a little bit ago where he's like, yeah, I, I don't see an end to this show. I want to I do this show forever. And it's like, well what story are you going to have to tell? And yeah, and I think we're seeing it. This episode to me is if, if Favreau gets to keep doing the show while Filoni is actually We're not going to, Scott, no, 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 no. It's Filoni and Favreau, man. You can't separate them. He is in this. This is him. But this he, is what he's done. This but is no, but here's But this is the difference, Tim, is that Filoni, I feel like, was more involved in the first two seasons because mm-hmm. they needed this to be the blank slate to build up what he actually wanted to get to. This He's been working on Ahsoka. I feel like he's going to be more involved with Ahsoka. And looking at the production of the writing, Filoni's not really attached to any of it. Like, yeah, he's but he hasn't been for the other seasons either. I think he's as involved as he's ever been with this stuff. It's, he, it's their vision. To get, they're together the ones in the interviews saying it's going to last forever. Like It's not a Favreau thing. It's Favreau and Filoni. I just, to me, I think Filoni is 
probably in the future, if I'm wrong about this season, maybe he is as involved as he was the last couple of seasons. Um, I, I, I don't think that's the case, especially with all the shows that they have set up that he also has to be kind of looking at now and not just the Mandalorian, like it was at the set of all the Disney plus shows. Um, I, I think we're going to get less out of this show, the interesting more stuff, the more interesting uh, political commentary, because Favreau just wants to do his weekly cowboy show where there's, you know, weird uh, adventures with Lizzo and Jack Black every week. I do want, like, here's the thing. If you pitch to me a Star Wars show that it's like, hey, we're doing like it, like we're doing it like a crime procedural, right? Yeah. Like we're doing SVU, X-Files, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mostly Angel. You know what I mean? Like it's feeling very Joss Whedon at this point, which get wrecked Joss Whedon, but moving on. Yep. Um, if you pitched that to me as a Star Wars show, I would be like, oh, hell yeah, absolutely. Um, it is it trying to live in front of us find that place that is off-putting to me mm -hmm. because season one didn't feel like that and season two didn't feel like that. I so think they I'm did. I'm okay with that show existing. I don't think it did to this extent by any means. I think that like, to me, it was like, a boy and his son show. It was your God of War story. You know what I mean? Like it was that like, it was about Din and it was about Grogu and it was about destiny. Mm -hmm. uh, frog ladies. Yeah. Right, about frog ladies. But no, and my point like, is like, but, so but the frog lady still, the frog lady episode, yeah, is a weird episode, but still led to, okay, now we're meeting Bo-Katan. Now we're like actually introducing mm -hmm. more interesting lore stuff that's going to build out this section of the the galaxy. And I just, I don't think we're going to get that. We got that a very tiny bit in this episode of like, <laughs> yeah, we got to go on this adventure to, uh, you know, uh, actually meet up with uh, the rest of Bo's crew. But I also, like, I can see in season four, that not being the case, they just go on adventures and nothing's really accomplished. It's just like, all right, now we're at this uh, backwater planet that's uh, newly created. Sorry? It's giving DC's Legends of Tomorrow. Mm. I mean, yeah. That's where Which, we're at, man. I loved that show. I love Legends <laughs> of Tomorrow. It's not a good show, but I love it. Also, and I feel like this episode felt like not a particularly good show, but I loved it. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I had a great time. I, I said before the the show, I was like, I, I this was not a good episode of The Mandalorian. This was it would have been a forget a uh, forgettable episode of The Clone Wars. Uh, but yeah, we got to talk a, a little bit about the end of the episode here. Uh, uh, Grogu helps. Bucket. Yeah, Who cares? Grogu helps Lizzo cheat in a game of weird space bocce ball, like, whatever the hell bowling thing. Alice in Wonderland shit with yeah, the queen. Yeah, super weird. Would, like, have Grogu gets animals. fucking knighted. Uh, yeah, Grogu gets knighted by Lizzo. Why? Yeah. Why? And, and that's and that's where that's the moment where I was like, this is the show Favro has been wanting to make the entire time, and that's why I feel like more <laughs> of Favro's DNA. I'm blaming Filoni. I, I would not uh, personally, but uh, maybe it's knighted. Yeah, he gets fucking knighted. Uh, Lizzo, you know, uh, Christopher Lloyd calls out the fact that Jack Black used to be an imperial uh, officer, or whatever his position was. And Lizzo's like, but who of us haven't made mistakes? Who of us haven't been fascist before, you know? He's so cute and charming now. For a little bit. And we've built our entire society off of none of us having to work. Uh, and then we get to, we finally get to the interesting stuff of like, all right, Mando and Bo, they're meeting up with Bo's old crew. Sasha Banks is there. I almost texted Cool Greg at 12.30 in the morning to be like, yo, your girl is back. Uh, and then like they approach and, you know, we made the letter Kenny joke a couple weeks ago of the skids just kind of dancing in the parking lot. <laughs> they had two Mandalorians fucking playing catch in like yeah. the, this big field. It was like, what the fuck is happening? 
happening is right hilarious. Now. The amount of times they're showing way too many people in these outfits just in the middle of nowhere doing being nothing. Dorks. <laughs> they're being dorks. They're being dorks, man. Totally dorks. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, uh, uh, you know, uh, Bo challenges um, her last. Uh, Axe. His name is Axe. Axe, fuck yeah. Uh, challenges him to like a battle. And there was more of a proper term from this, uh, wasn't there, Sage? Uh, at least from what I remember of Rebels, uh, they're like for the Mandalorian of like an actual like uh, challenge to um, find new leadership. And I, I feel like they had more of like a, a, an official term for it that I thought she was going to say. Maybe I'm like misremembering something, but I, I, I feel like Sabine would kind of pull that uh trump card out a couple of times uh yeah, but then she's like um, i'm gonna challenge you and i was like that doesn't that feels a little too vague for what the mandalorians specifically do no they did have a thing you're absolutely correct but i don't feel like um this show cares uh it was a, a kind of blood duel they called it something a blood duel. yeah or something like um, and to get back leadership to be like hey mm -hmm. y'all not aren't allowed to be mercenaries anymore we're uniting the mandalorian yeah, it was a something blood duel, and it was yeah. like a formal. It's like in Avatar, you have your Agni Kai, right? Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> and fully, Axe is giving Jet, by the way, a hundred percent. But yeah, I, I think that everything about this was a little bit phoned in. It felt like we did the bottle episode, and then it was like, oh, uh, we we are actually two episodes out from the end. We do actually need to hit like one last story piece real quick. Um, so. The battle was strange. It felt short. It felt a little bit rushed. Yeah. Uh, it was like kind of cool. Like there were some badass moments, but it was it was strange in I, that. I think if this episode was more about this stuff, the the fight itself could have been pulled off a little better. Oh, totally. Uh, it should be awesome. Yeah. But instead, they introduced this new character out of nowhere for her mm -hmm. her to fight. When it, well, like, not a new character. He was in season two. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. yeah I, I mean, like background character. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. It's like okay, cool. It's this guy. Like. It, what what's weird to me about this show overall, and like the the Grogu um, Luke stuff that I, happened in Boba Fett, that I think then the stream is down. Okay. Mm. Yeah, it looks like it is. I'm trying to get we, it back up. Comes on. It, we're still recording though, right? Well, yeah, we're still recording. Okay, it's cool. Doing the Wi-Fi switchery. Bullshit. So the the Grogu Luke stuff that happened in Book of Boba Fett that we've we've covered a million times of how awkward that all was, right? And then just where the dark saber ends up, where okay, Din has it, and then Bo Katan's here. She's lost her people. Inevitably, we know she's going to get back. This reminds me of what I like least about WWE, mm. where you're watching stuff, they have a good storyline going, but you start placing things where you're like, okay, cool, there's the Royal Rumble, and then there's WrestleMania. You start to see the story, you're like, the championship's going to happen at WrestleMania. Nothing, it's never going to happen otherwise. But then people get injured and things happen, and they have to just last minute be like, well, that guy's going to beat that guy. I know it doesn't make sense, but like, we have to get where we need to go. Yeah. And uh -huh. that's the Mandalorian is we have to get where we need to go. And it's like, well, you only need to get there because you put you guys yourselves in this position where. And then you didn't build it back up in a no. way that's satisfying in any way. Really quick, I do want to say about the fight. But yeah, the the fight had some cool moments, had some not like kind of whatever moments. I did love when they landed on one of the ships and then one of them fell off and they like pulled him down like off of it. I just hit my arm really bad. Oh. So that uh, that hurts a lot, but uh, probably not as bad as like landing yeah. on that ship. Cool um, moments in the fight for sure. The dark saber I wrote down my notes. Din found a loophole, baby. Harry Potter wand logic, where it's like, uh, you know, at the, the end of Harry Potter, uh, you know, he f defeats Voldemort because 
oh, uh, the the wand remembered that I disarmed Malfoy because Malfoy uh, disarmed uh, Dumbledore. And you can kind of, like, explain that be- by being, it's magic. And they found the same fucking bullshit kind of, like... Fucking bullshit. Uh, I got taken down by a weird robot underground, and it defeated me in combat. And then Bo defeated it in combat. So that's, like, pretty much the same thing, right? And I wanted one of the Mandos in the background to be like, no, kick his ass! Yeah, you know? that's not the way. <laughs> Go, Sage. We spent this whole season, like, leading up to this Darksaber and, like, trying to figure out what the ruler of Mandalore is. This is a huge plot point. And it also feels like it's weird that Din didn't say anything sooner then. Yeah. He just been holding on to it and was like, I mean, technically, like, oh, okay, I guess your thing didn't work. So I've been keeping this one in my back pocket, which is the ability to give you the dark saber and the key to ruling Mandalore. And, and, and I was really hoping, especially like, Wandalia monarchy said, ugh, politics. Sorry. <laughs> I, I really wanted, after that kind of like, whatever fight, I was really hoping Din to be like, you know what, no, like, yeah, let's fight for it. We don't need to fight to the death for it, but, like, fucking let's fight for it. And if you don't beat me, you don't get it. And, like, the, and uh, like I thought that would have been something interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Din is something to me that I'm just kind of perplexed by in this season where I'm like, who are you? Who what? are you? <laughs> what is your character? Like, what is happening with him where it's kind of just things happening around him and him going places that causes other things to happen? And it just feels like a disservice because... I was with him emotionally at the end of season two when he gives Grogu away. They earned that. There are moments in both season one and two where uh, the episode with um, the comedian, what's his name? Um, the bald guy. Uh, yes. You know I'm talking Christopher about. Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. You know? Uh, and that, there's these moments. Any time that Pedro Pascal's face is seen, yeah. right? Taken off the helmet, we get kind of endeared to him. And like we feel like... Din, the Mandalorian, is growing not just in how dope his armor is, but in yeah. who he is. And in this season, it kind of just feels like he's letting a lot of people borrow things about him for a little bit, and then he mm. just gets them back without any advantage. Bill Burr. Thank Bill he Burr. doesn't have a personality this season. Yeah, and it's a bummer, because I don't think that many people do besides Lizzo. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it, it, it's something that I've been going kind of back and forth on, because I've seen a lot of Twitter uh, sphere kind of be like, who the fuck is Mando this season? And while I like, I definitely see that. Like, I I still th- see the thread of what the interesting story there was to tell this season, and we'll see if you know it pays off in these last two episodes. Of you know his goal, uh, his personality now is helping bring the Mandalorian together and uh, getting back to Mandalore. Um, but yeah, as far as like personal growth or anything i don't think there really is any and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing but yeah it does it, it is jarring of like it, what is your place in the show now that is your show but see my thing is i'm okay with him not being the lead and him not having all this but then who is because if the answer is Bo, it's simply not like Bo is kind of like from the beginning of the season to where she is now they took things away and gave it to her like, that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. Like, took things away in one episode and then just gave her things back in another one. And it's yeah. like, all right, cool. And this episode yeah. ends with her hero posing. And I'm like, I don't think you deserve this. The two of them are just kind of going back and forth. Like, what do you want to do today? I don't know. What do you want to do today? <laughs> yeah. 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 The, yeah. It was like the the growth for her character was seeing the mythosaur. Mm-hmm. And that's like, all right. The armor's like, all right, now I believe in you. Cool moment. 
You know, especially at the end of last week's episode where she allows her to take off the helmet. She walks both ways. Loved all the memes where, you know, people were posting of, like, Din finding out that you could walk both ways and and, uh, all of that. And... I don't know, man. It's we have two episodes left. So here we are. Uh, yeah. To, to wrap this up, we have two episodes left. Clearly, they're getting all the Mandalorians that we know together. We there's one Mandalorian we haven't seen yet that we're going to. Loney, uh, you know, uh, uh, coordinated with the next week's episode. So hopefully, I looked up what the duel was. It is a Tong blood duel. It is an ancient Mandalorian tradition uh, where two combatants duel to the death to reserve matters of honor. Well, I guess they didn't battle to the death, so I guess you can't call it that. But (laughs) I don't know. Like, 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 say it to introduce the stakes, and then make the moment at the end where she chooses not to kill him feel more important. Of like, yeah, we've killed, we've killed each other too much already. Which is, yeah, like that's a very true thing that we've seen throughout Clone Wars uh, and a little bit of of Rebels. And so, yeah, like that was just a playground fight. Yeah, it, it really wasn't. Yeah, it, it's. I've always liked Bo uh, from from Clone Wars, and I think uh, yeah, the the bit of where, where she's at in Rebels. Um, yeah, she in in terms of how they write for her, she's like a really cool um, kind of supporting character, and like to transition her into a leading role, I think is a good idea. But I just I I don't think they're really nailing it in any sort of practice. Because yeah, if this sort of transitions into more of her show, like uh, yeah, I'm down with that. Because then when she helps out the uh, the old crew that eventually will probably get introduced in Ahsoka and uh, other shows, that's going to be sick as hell. Where she's like. Yeah, here I am, and I'm the leader of the the Mandalorian, and I'm we're coming to help y'all. Um, but yeah, yeah. So two episodes left. Two episodes. I imagine we'll get Boba, uh, and then we, we'll get Moff Gideon back at some point. But like, Sabine. are we gonna get a big fight? Omega. Omega. Oh, again, Omega. and a shout out to Omega. Uh, fantastic. Uh, cliffhanger for mm. season two. Mm. Oh, okay. Bad Bad okay. season two fucking rips. Let me tell y'all for <laughs> a third of it. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let us know in the comments below uh, what you thought about Jack Black's outfit. Um, and because I personally fucking loved it, a little Lando swag there. Um, Sage, where can people find you? You can find me everywhere on the internet at Not Sage or uh, Pixel Circus. It's too early, which I usually host with Anthony. Is offline right now due to Anthony being in London. Uh, but our new show, Salt and Serpent, just came out. So if you like uh, tabletop slash D and D type things uh, and hot gay pirate girls, check out Salt and Serpent. There you go. And also go support Carboni. Uh, he's not on the show here because he's hosting Star <laughs> Wars Celebration. That is so incredible. Um, so go make sure you you just support all. What's the one thing you want to come out of Star Wars Celebration? I haven't even thought about it for a second. That's a really good point. We're probably going to get some trailers. Ahsoka trailer. Yeah. I, I want a fucking date, too. I want a oh, date. Okay. Okay. I feel like that needs well, to come Well, let's year. think about this just real quick. We have June 21st, I want to say, for Secret Invasion. Right. So I'm going to imagine an August, maybe maybe a late August for Ahsoka. Okay. Okay. Huh. Sage, anything uh, uh, you're looking forward to, want to see out of the uh, celebration? I could see some hard and fast dates. Absolutely, I agree for some of the upcoming releases that have been announced. Um, I would like to see. Uh, I would like to see some Ahsoka footage. I would like to see some. Yeah, some, like see that's trailer. not just exclusive to the celebration. Like release it right. online. Like Let I think, I think they gotta give it to us. Yeah, I think it's slam dunk on it. Yeah, we're getting Ahsoka. I think it's gonna be awesome. I think we're gonna be real into this trailer, but. Let's wait. Let's see. Uh, will we react to that trailer? A fucking course we were. We're kind of funny, baby. Uh, anyways, I love you all. See you next week.
for the penultimate episode of The Mandalorian Season 3. Goodbye.